0: Armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A R M O I R E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. This is On Boys Parenting Podcast. We are your hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison.
1: Our guests today are encouraging you to stop raising kids and start raising adults. So often we end up reacting to situations, but our guests today are here to tell you when you start thinking about the end that you have in mind raising those happy, confident, capable adults, then raising them as children gets a whole lot easier. We'll get right to that conversation after this message from our sponsors, Haya Health. Did you know that 93% of kids don't eat enough fruits and vegetables? You may have one of those children like my niece who ate only macaroni and cheese for about Six of her formative years <laughs> many kids kind of fixate on one particular food and you are tearing your hair out, dear listeners, trying to make sure that they have a balanced diet. I will say from from the benefit of the years, my niece now is a grown woman and has two healthy kids so that mac and cheese sustained her but our kids need more nutrition than we are able to give them in their regular diet.
0: Which is why so many of us look to vitamins to fill those gaps and so many of us, myself included, have been dissatisfied with what we find on the shelves. We recently connected with Haya Health. They have chewable vitamins for kids that are non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gluten-free, nut-free. They fill in the gaps in modern children's diets in a chewable vitamin that
1: kids love. This is a pediatrician approved, super powered chewable vitamin. It was created by two dads that were tired of children's vitamins that actually cause more problems than they solve. So with these vitamins, with higher Health, you know that you're getting zero sugar and zero gummy junk, and yet it tastes great and it's perfect for picky eaters.
0: We've worked with Haya Health and we have an exclusive offer for you. Go to Haya Health and use the ONBOYS code at checkout. You can get 50% off your first order. Go to h i y a h e a l t h H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com and enter ONBOYS to get that 50% off.
1: So get full body nourishment so that your boys can grow into healthy adults. That's hayahealthcom slash on boys. Are you raising
0: boys or raising men? It's a semantic difference. And you know that we talk about raising boys a lot here on on boys. Boys, it is in the title of our podcast. I use the term all the time. But our guests today say that there is a lot to be gained by beginning with the end in mind. So if our goal is to raise competent, compassionate adults, which I think we all have that in common, then we need to focus from the very beginning on raising adults, which requires a specific set of skills and thinking And we're going to dive into that today with our guests joining us today from Future Focused Parenting and the podcast Raising Adults is Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. Welcome, ladies.
2: Thank you you
0: for having us. All right. Give us a quick intro to yourselves. I could read what you have written on your podcast, but that is extremely boring. I mean, no offense to you guys. But Dina, (laughs) tell us a little bit about yourself and then Kira, you jump in. And how did future-focused parenting come to be?
3: I actually came into this work via the birth world. So I've been a doula and a childbirth educator since 2002. What started to come up for me is that is a special thing to be invited into. And I actually still do it on occasion. Mm -hmm. But what was hard is I didn't see the preparation for what comes beyond the birthing day and i love that there's resources in place for that special day when you become a parent but what started to strike me is similar to how we prepare a lot for a wedding but how do we take care of the marriage and janet
0: and i just talked about
3: that yesterday
0: (gasps) privately (laughs) about how so much effort goes into the wedding but really Mm -hmm. the marriage is the hard part and i don't want to you know underestimate how hard birth is done it
3: challenging
0: <laughs> but a multiple breeze multiple times a breeze <laughs> compared to parenting right <laughs> amen yes <laughs> And the
3: time frame
0: is much different. (laughs) 18 hours of labor was bad, right? Add in 18 years of
3: parenting. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Literally decades. And so that just started to kind of like, hmm, is this really in alignment with the part I care about, which is really great intentional parenting. As I was chewing on that, I also came across Kira. We did some networking. because She was also teaching. birth classes and she ended up actually being my very first twin birth doula client so that was really special and we became friends and colleagues in that piece and found our way into parent coaching and into this work over time. I am also a parent, which is an important credential in this instance. And I have five kids. We're in a blended family, so that's also super fun. I get to be a parent and a step parent. Five kids between us that range from 17 to 22.
2: Kira. Okay, so I had a similar experience, but on the other side of the fence a little bit. So Uh I came to this work as a mental health professional. And I had a private practice here in Seattle, I was working with a lot of clients. And I was also teaching childbirth classes. And that is exactly how Dina and I met. And I was feeling the same feelings of like, okay, so I'm setting people up for their birthing day. And then I work with people to unpack what happened to them in childhood. Wouldn't it be great if I could get those parents to prevent that stuff from happening so those people don't end up on my couch?
0: You really did just say, I would like to work myself out of a job.
2: Yeah, I mean, basically, but it, it really struck me. It was like mm-hmm. I was seeing such common themes, and we mm-hmm. talk about this on our show a lot, such common themes between what happened back here that caused this person to need to come in and work with me? And wouldn't it be amazing? I mean, parents don't know what they don't know. And if you in the particular unique slice of mental health that I was in, you wouldn't know. So what if, we started helping parents understand that the choices they make now do impact the adults that they're raising. And as Dina and I were becoming friends and ultimately colleagues, we were having all these conversations all the time about how we parent. And that was so aligned, even though if you listen to our show, you'll find out Dina and I, in some ways could not be more different, but our parenting philosophy aligns. And so it just became clear. And and I I always say, like, I kept saying to Dina, like, when are we going to work together? When are you going to work with me? When are we going to work together? Like I made her mind. I was like, you will be mine. And now she is. And and I'm not as creepy as I sound. I don't um, <laughs> sound creepy. Not lying. <laughs> I just loved her. I was like, I mean, you'll, and you'll get to know her and she's just so amazing. And I just kept thinking I have to work with this human. Like she's so phenomenal. I have to work with her. And so now we get to, and it's just, it's super fun. And so we came together and our philosophy, like unfolded immediately because we were like this is what we're saying is we have to just like you said it's it's not about raising boys it's about raising men who are the men that we're aiming at who do we want these men to become how do we want them to walk through the world and what do we have to be doing right now to foster that so that it develops and grows over time
0: so let's let's dig into that right because a lot of people will say that it you know it's just words what does it matter if i say raising boys versus raising adults and I'm pretty sure that you're going to say on some level, yes, it is just words. Really what matters is, is the intent, but our words shape our actions, shape our outcomes, all of that. So how do you explain to people why they should be thinking about raising adults from the time you hold that squishy little newborn in your hands?
3: a great question and it is an important one and we would agree that words matter. We talk a lot about leading with your vocabulary and that what you say impacts what you end up doing. So we would definitely agree with that but what really makes the difference and and we talk about this a lot on the show is that we often as parents can feel like we're just putting out fires or dealing with whatever latest thing has cropped up Mm -hmm. and that perspective shift when you're thinking about okay how I respond to this tantrum or this kindness issue between siblings, how I respond now actually impacts what I'm aiming at. It really makes a difference. And what we often say is that it helps you make the decision that is best rather than the one that's easy. Because when you're in a situation that's challenging, especially with a toddler or something, sometimes a teenager, yeah, or a (laughs) teenager. I mean, I've got some of those. We've got a lot of hormones over here. So It is easy to kind of want to go, how do I just make it stop? Mm
1: -hmm. Instead of
3: how do we move through this in a way that actually equips them to be an adult that's responsible and contributing and can work through their emotions and all of those things. So you can actually start that right at the beginning and that's what we talk a lot about. This is a lot about laying a foundation mm-hmm. and then getting to see the fruit of that later which is so
1: special. I want to definitely go down that path, but I have this is kind of just sticking in my mind right now and I want want to bring it forth because I've always wondered about there's some parents who refer to their little boys as my little man. I'm just curious what your thoughts are about that.
2: I've never been asked that before. I, I, I So here's here's what I will say. And I didn't get to mention, I'm a, Dina sort of mentioned it. I'm a mom of twins. They are nine and a half, uh, a boy-girl. Uh, combo. I also agree with the idea of like our vocabulary is really, really important. And Dina is our, uh, you know, word nerd on the show. She is all things word. Um, and she's rubbed off on me. But I, I, I'm i very passionate about and have always been very passionate about how we label our kids and how we yes. talk about our kids, mm-hmm. utero even thinking about what's the ah. difference between this one's trouble and what does yeah, that it- even mean before they're even born versus mm-hmm. this one's active. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. Um, like, you know, that those words really matter and yes. how we, it helps our shape our perspective. Of course, our platform is raising adults. They're not adults yet. And that to me is the biggest distinction is that I don't have a man yet. I'm mm-hmm. raising a man. I'm aiming at a man, but I don't expect my son to be a man yet. And so I am very careful never to say little man, Um, I don't even know that I use gender stuff with either of them now that I'm thinking about it. I think I've always been really careful about that too. Like, I don't want to pigeonhole them with anything that comes from me. I don't want to be the one to label them because they're going to have to deal with that all over the world, right? That's my initial thoughts. I'm guessing that Dina is on the same page because usually we are with these things.
3: We are. And I think it's partly because of what you hinted out there. For me, it would be about the expectation. Like that is absolutely what you're aiming at. But what does that say to them? That's kind of, it, it could almost become pressure if it's handled mm-hmm. yes, in an in in appropriate way. Yeah, so.
1: thanks for that insight. It's just always been out there as kind of a wondering of like, yeah.
3: hmm,
2: huh. I don't think we have to like get hooked on it. I think no. I have a, a very dear friend who calls her son little man and in no way, ever puts any pressure on him to be a little man. It's just a term of endearment, Um, but it's a great question. And I think the bigger, the bigger thing there is around the vocabulary we use with our kids and being very thoughtful about how that lands with them and how they said that and internalize that. Right.
1: Yeah.
3: Because you could also argue, I mean, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit trail, but I am the word nerd. You can also use your words, in in that way, in a positive way, because our kids often rise to what we talk about, Mm -hmm. how we speak about them. And so we we're big fans of pointing out things like, wow, that was such a responsible choice. Now they're thinking, I'm responsible. Definitely. I do think there could be a time for what a gentlemanly thing you just did there. That was great. You know, that can help your child rise into what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Or just being careful that it doesn't become a premature label that indicates pressure yeah
0: i'm glad you mentioned gentlemen because i thought of that as soon as kira said that you know with your twins you try and stay away from like gender specific words and i use gentlemen all the time now obviously my household is a little bit different than yours i exclusively have male children Ah. so uh gentlemen seemed like a much better choice than guys all the time <laughs> and subconsciously i am trying to lay this expectation dina that like i i expect you to behave like to be gentlemen a listen i mean they fart at the dinner table and make <laughs> crass jokes and all of those things right like yeah. this this happens but it's not appropriate everywhere it's not appropriate all the time and on some level Through all of the parenting, you know, I'm trying to convey that as well. So it is interesting to think about how our words affect us. And Kira, I really liked what you said, how it shapes our perception.
1: This episode is sponsored by By ByHeart. Babies need to eat.
0: And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about ByHeart Baby Formula. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider BuyHeart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at Byheart.com. That's byhear tcom slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. byheartcom slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply.
1: Winona, menopause care made easy.
0: You mentioned the child in utero, you know, this child is trouble versus active, but Janet, how many times have you heard that with coaching clients,
1: Mm -hmm. right? So important. And, and it's also not just the words you're choosing, but it's also to look at the extended family around you, grandparents, you know, what What are the words they're using and 100%. how can you gently yeah. reframe that for them? So uh, I think it's just really good to have it be rise up in our consciousness and awareness of, oh, hey, maybe we don't want to use those words with our children. And the other thing I want to Get to like, there's so many different tangents here, you guys. This is so fun. Is to really talk about family patterns, is what really came to mind in your intro of just this is the place, this is the time that we really can shift into doing this differently. And your perspective of just, you know, we prepared for the birthday and now we've got the rest of our lives and we can do that in a different way than. The way we were parented mm-hmm. absolutely
2: absolutely i mean it's about that consciousness right that awareness of and that is that future focused lens if i want my kids to grow up and have a different experience what do i have to be doing right now to give them that
3: mm-hmm. you've mm-hmm. actually provided the perfect segue because i think family patterns are laid so early and while we always say on the show too like it's also never too late to get future yeah, focused it's right. okay to make a course correction that makes you a good parent definitely I mean, that's, that's fine but if you have the chance to start earlier what a beautiful thing and and that's what future focused parenting is it kind of has three main pillars but the first one that we talk about a lot goes to this family pattern thing and that's parenting with a strong why mm-hmm. we we find a lot of times parents are doing things and trying the next Strategy they've been told about. But if you really ask, well, why why are you giving that a try? They don't know. And it's so interesting when you come from a place of understanding why you're doing what you're doing again, making that best decision rather than the easy decision becomes a little more manageable. And so, what we say a lot is this is about being preventative rather than diagnostic and proactive rather than reactive whenever possible of course life is going to throw you curveballs sometimes you're going to be reacting but it's whenever possible can you come back to that place of what's your why and we even encourage families to boil it down to maybe a word or a short phrase of the why of the adult you're aiming at what is your why so like for me i'm working to raise adults who are people of character and integrity kira is aiming at mentally healthy and happy so really boiling it down. And then it shapes all the things you do. Now, when you have the tantrum, it's very different than just going, I need this to stop. It's okay. How does a person of character work through their emotions? How is that going to impact what I talk through with my child right now? How is a mentally healthy person move through the world as an adult? That's going to impact how I handle the tantrum. Mm -hmm. So always having that why to aim at helps establish healthy family patterns, which, so that was such a good question, Janet.
0: Okay. So, you know, it's, easy to say, I want to raise mentally healthy and happy adults. I want to raise adults of character and integrity. Easy. It's also easy to say, I want to write a book. I want to have a a parenting practice, right? And I know as a writer, I need to start with that and then start breaking it down into each of these little tiny steps and then work at them over the course of, I don't know, a decade you know, to get to that point. So talk about how you help people go from that end goal to, okay, I've got a two-year-old who's having a tantrum. Now, what do I do it's about That's a great question. That? And
2: and I love that you asked it because it, one of the things that drives us nuts about a lot of parenting philosophies is that they sound great. And then the book ends before they tell you, like, what do you do? Yes. <laughs>
1: We are all about practical strategies over here as well. So are we? Us too, us too. So
2: first and foremost, Dina hinted at, you know, we have these three pillars. And so the first one is the first step. What do you want? What are you aiming at? Who? What's the why? And then we have the why. And like you said, it's easy to say, okay, I want mentally healthy and happy the next step for from our perspective is to come up with a set of family values so this is our second pillar this is unique to every family there's not a right or wrong list everybody's is different um but it it is the foundation for how you're going to parent so we recommend like 5 to 10 values that you think are going to really matter in your home and those are like the little why's that they're the steps toward that main why that main adult so for mentally healthy and happy kids one of the things i need to value in my home is empathy. If I can empathy, I'm helping them have compassion for other people and understand, and that's going to help them figure out their own emotions, blah, blah, blah. So five to 10 of these with a definition, and we actually encourage families, write it down, hang it on the wall. We have, I have ours up in our home and then you parent toward them. So the thing that will happen is something will happen. And let's say guaranteed, guaranteed. And let's say it's a kindness issue. So one of the values in our home is kindness. So in a situation where one of my kids maybe makes an unkind choice, I'm gonna say, hey, you know what? That seemed like an unkind choice to me. We value kindness in our home. I wonder what a kinder choice might look like. What happens here is they start to be able to unpack these big words, right? These big, you know, vocabulary words like integrity and empathy. In real situations, like, oh, Mm. catching you in a moment where I think you could make a choice that's gonna uphold our values in a different way. How can I help redirect you and help you learn how to do that? So as you parent toward these values in these smaller moments, you're coming back to your why, coming back to your why, coming back to your why. It informs your decisions and informs how you're gonna communicate about it. And it then helps your kids embed these values because they're hearing it all the time.
0: So I'm divorced, kids, two households, go back and forth, split time between houses. Um, Uh, Divorce, the gift that keeps on giving. It sure does, (laughs) right? And so even if we had done this practice um, before we got divorced, which frankly we would have struggled with, because guess what? We don't agree on a lot of basic values. That's why Uh we're divorced. So how do you handle that? If you have different households with different values. I've learned through hard experience as so many divorced or single, never married parents have, like I can only really control what goes on in my house. So I could still determine the values that I'm going to say I'm working towards
3: in my house. Is that your advice for how to handle that? It is 100%. We did did an episode on blended families way back. And I talked about this, that if you're a future focused parent and maybe your ex-partner is not, the best thing you can do is be consistent and really make sure your household environment looks different because it does make kids kind of sit up and be curious about, wow, this is a home where I can, I know what to expect. That actually provides security and comfort to children when they know what to expect day in and day out. I can trust mom to intervene if I'm being a stinker, you know, like mm-hmm. they actually mm-hmm. like that. They wouldn't say that, you know, when they're seven, but certainly not, it's, it, it, it's so comforting to have that structure, especially if the other home is maybe a little more chaotic or freer or doesn't uphold some of your family's values. The consistency on your end becomes even more important, I would say. Whereas I think some parents go, well, I know it's just going to go out the window when they go to dad's, forget it. And it's so important not to wave the white flag, but to say that makes it actually more essential that I'm continuing to go down this trail.
0: Okay. Here's my other question. And this is precisely because I do live with teenagers right now. My
3: youngest is now 15,
0: right? Okay. You've been through 15. You know what that's like. Fourteen Five times I've been through it. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Kira, well, it sounds good to tell you, say your nine-year-old, we value kindness in this family. I can totally picture a 14-year-old going, I don't value kindness. And the reason why I'm asking this question, it goes a little deeper. We're going back to family because I grew up in a family and my parents would put things on the wall that say we value this and it was very much grounded in a religious system that i wasn't sure i bought into so this whole idea of saying we value i struggle with that a little bit in terms of um imposing our values on kids even though certainly i support kindness
3: and empathy what kira said there a moment ago was so important This does look different with youngers. If you have the chance to lay the foundation, Mm -hmm. you're going to use that exact vocabulary Kira was describing. Because this, and what I love about it as a word nerd, is a five-year-old's like integrity, diligence, what is that? So you're teaching them. them. What it looks like, right? So they learn what these words and character traits actually mean. So I do love that. But say you're a person who's coming in more midstream, you haven't even had exposure to this type of parenting philosophy, and you're like, my teenager is going to scoff at that. So, what I really encourage, and and I had this because I got three extra kids that were already yeah. been parented a totally different way for more than a decade. So I did actually deal with this. And so what I did is we rose we had them rise into the values on the positive side. So I really didn't use it to redirect. That wasn't my place as not being the bio mom anyway. We pretty much parented down biological lines just to keep the peace. Um, But I did point out when I saw family values that my husband and I care about and that I had cared about as a single mom, you bet I was, pointing that out. Wow, I love how you took ownership for that mistake and have made a plan to do it different next time. That demonstrates such responsibility and maturity. So getting, again, back to what we were saying earlier, the rising into a character trait rather than this is what we value so you're going to fall in line. Very mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. And and I just have to say like, you know, I completely understand what you're saying, and one of the major differences about Dina and I, and we talk about this on the show all the time, is that Dina does come from a faith-based background. She's a Christian, and I am what I like to call an agnostic Jew. Um, (laughs) So... Uh, and and I'm married to a Christian, and my dad lives with us, and he's an atheist. So our household is a swirl of fun conversations, but we are essentially not a faith-based home. And and I think it's I think that that is a common feeling for people who've either been raised in that kind of situation or people like me that haven't and go values, right? And I think that it's okay to separate that. And it's okay to say that like as a non-faith based home, we still have things that matter to us. I still have character traits and qualities that I want to instill in my children. Um, And so you can, you can do that. You can call it whatever you want. You can, you know, you can handle that in whatever way feels comfortable. But I think it's important to know that we talk about this, but we don't see eye to eye when it comes to the thing that can kind of make people stop in their tracks when they hear the word values. We call it your family's values. values.
3: Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, not the mm-hmm. same thing. And Jennifer, yeah. the re- other re- thing I loved about your question is teenagers, especially as they come to be more autonomous, they are trying to figure out for themselves what they believe. what their, And what their personal values are. And in yeah. some
0: cases they will certainly mirror ours. And in mm-hmm. others, I mean, part of that process of adolescence is questioning. And so often you reject your yep. family values in the process of
3: perhaps rediscovering them down the road. Like you need to go through all that. And they need to have space for that. And so that's that we want to encourage that. I actually think even as a faith-based person, I would much rather have my young adults choose their faith because they chose it, not because they grew up with it. So so that piece of, well, I don't know if that's important to me, that matters. We want to leave room for that. And that's why we put that positive piece on it, especially with kids I hadn't raised from birth. I don't have I don't have the right to just speak into your life all of a sudden. I had to really earn that place in their world, right? So I want them to decide for themselves if kindness matters, if responsibility matters. So we put an environment of these things are positive. And then they can choose whether they like them or not, but they're not hearing it from a finger-wagging perspective. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, wow, that was I really love what you demonstrated there. Mm -hmm. That maybe makes them think responsibility is desirable. Taking ownership of mistakes is desirable. Kindness is, you know, they might have a, a more positive frame on it. So mm-hmm. I love that you put that piece in there too. They've got to figure that stuff out. That's important.
2: I also think we, we shouldn't underestimate how many parents already kind of operate from an underlying value system anyway, even if you're in the moment just trying to get the tantrum to stop. Well, why do you want the tantrum to stop? Well, because you're embarrassed because it's in public and you'd want to be courteous to the people around you. So you value <laughs> the experience of those around you, which is why you want to get the tantrum to stop. The, the difference is, when you get really clear on what matters to you, then in that moment, you're not just trying to get the tantrum to stop and you don't even understand what's driving that. You're trying to get the tantrum to stop because you value a courtesy to the people around you. You value that your child can work through their emotions in a healthy way. That moves you from, I got to just get this to stop here. I'll give you a lollipop if you stop to getting down to their level saying, I can see you're feeling some big feelings right now. Can I help you work through them, giving them the tools? That's a completely different experience that's coming from the same value set. Mm -hmm. But when you understand why you're doing what you're doing and you have that clarity, it's so Mm -hmm. much easier to do what's best than to do what's, easy.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 100%. So we've talked about the two pillars so far, the, why, the first pillar being what's your why, the second pillar being what are your values in your family? What's the third pillar?
3: Well, the third pillar applies two ways. So I'll open it and then I'll let Kira give a, an example of how it can be used the second way. And this, the third pillar is to take a proactive approach, which we talked a little bit about that proactive versus reactive, preventative versus diagnostic. And the two ways this shows up in parenting where we can be future focused, first one is you see something coming down the pipeline. Like, say you have an early teenager and you go, driving, driving is coming for us. Being able to see that and make a plan for how are we going to do driver's ed? Will we have them pitch in for insurance? Do we pay for gas? Are we providing a car? Are they saving up for a car? You have a chance to be proactive. So many parents find themselves surprised by the next stage of parenting when there really isn't <laughs> a reason for that. It's like you could see that coming. So we encourage people to look at what's coming. same thing for a little. say you've got a two-year-old you're like, yeah body training is coming. I need to talk talk with my partner if I have one and think about what I'm gonna do here, how I'm gonna handle that. So that's one way to be proactive is see what's coming and take that opportunity to make a plan. Here's what I love about this as a mom and stepmom of five. Once you've done it once, You don't go, oh no, another one turned 15. What do we do? You go, oh, we know how we handle this. This is how our family does this. Mm -hmm. It is so helpful and Mm -hmm. takes a load off of having to kind of reinvent the wheel over and over as each one turns. The The
0: other nice thing is that your, your younger ones have seen the older ones go through it too. So the driver's ed example was hilarious to me because my 15 year old starts driver's ed on Sunday, (gasps) but because you know, he's He's been waiting his whole life for this. He's the one who's going, So, mom, mom, did we sign up for driver's ed yet? Mom, 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 driver's ed. We really should do something about driver's ed, mom. I'm like, yes, I know. <laughs> and on the other level, uh, he also saw his brothers go through puberty, so he knew. That it can be kind of unpleasant, and he he like he knew all that, and so when it started happening to him, he was you know less surprised. Of course, also sure that he's right and everybody else is wrong, but he also had that. So that mm-hmm. it's kind of nice if you do have multiples of yeah. different ages, um, you get that perspective. They know
3: what's coming and what to expect too, which is nice. And there mm-hmm. is another way you can use it, maybe for something that isn't as far off. So Kira, you can share that.
2: Yeah, so we talk a lot um in our work and on the show about the concept of rehearsing hmm. for youngers and how important that is and, and what that really is a proactive approach. So the example that we always give is let's say that, you know, we're going to a dinner at someone's home and there's going to be, you know, people that we respect and care about there. And it's not like a comfortable family environment where like manners are going to be important. And we want to make sure that our kids, you know, know how to ask to go to the bathroom politely and and don't say like, I have to poop at the table, (laughs) um, you know, and if they get past a food they don't like, or they're not fond of how to say no politely, et cetera, et cetera so you would use the car ride to talk through that and practice like hey let's pretend that i pass you you know zucchini how would you say no thank you to that let's practice it um i used to do this on halloween every year the day before halloween we would practice trick or treating they'd knock on my door i'd answer and we'd practice the interaction because i didn't want kids that you know, knocked on the door, grabbed the candy and ran. I wanted my kids to say, thank you, happy Halloween, take one piece, blah, blah, blah. But I can't expect them to know how to do that if I haven't given them an opportunity to embed that in their mouth, right? How does my, does my mouth know what to say? Does my brain remember what to do? Does my body know what to do? So when we give our kids a chance to practice, they are so much more likely to meet our expectations. They feel good because they've done a great job. Someone at the party is probably going to compliment them on their manners. That's going to make them feel good. It's going to make them more likely to want to do it again. I mean, the snowball effect of a rehearsal is, Mm. yeah.
0: So It occurs to me that I, as a parent, need time to rehearse some things too. I can't expect myself to get dealing with an out of control toddler for a sullen teenager, right the first time, it's going to take practice. And so I'm guessing it might be beneficial for parents to spend some time rehearsing as well.
2: Yeah, my husband and I do sometimes we'll talk through how are we going to do that conversation? What are you going to say? why don't you just say it, you know, I'll, you know, the role-playing aspect and, and we do this with our kids too. Like something went sideways in my neighborhood the other day with one of my kiddos. And when they came inside, I was like, Hey, can we practice like how you'd handle that next time so that you'll know what to do made a Mm -hmm. huge difference. So yeah, as parents, we shouldn't be afraid to do that either. Cause most of us make better decisions when we've had a chance to run it through (laughs) instead of like on the fly in the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. There's so much that you have to offer obviously. Tell us where people can find more. Uh, How can they get
3: involved in future-focused parenting? Tell us about your podcast. Just to learn more about us and what we do, our website's a great spot. It's future-focused, with an E-D, parenting.com. And we also, of course, like you mentioned, have a podcast. And we know parents are busy. We keep our episodes to about 30 minutes. And basically what we do is we just take a parenting topic and we start with our why. And then talk about some what's and how's, because like you said, we're all about the practical tools and strategies. And we just share about that so parents can walk away with things they could actually try with this future-focused mindset. And the show is called Raising Adults. It's on all major podcast platforms. And we're also on both Facebook and Instagram. We announce the episodes there so people don't miss them and things like that. And our handle is at future-focused parenting.
2: And we have a freebie for your listeners, if they're interested. Um, It actually links to what we were talking about today. So it's a video um, called Three Essential Strategies for Raising Adults. And then it's also um, an awesome calendar of character traits, where it's 12 months, not an actual calendar, but it's 12 months information where each month parents can focus on one character trait like kindness or empathy or wisdom or generosity. And we take that concept and we define it and we give you resources, books you can read with your kids, activities you can do to foster that character trait, conversations you should be having with yourself or your partner if you have one, ways to model that character trait. Um, so there's 12 different ones. So it's a great way to start thinking about what are the values that are going to matter for for my family and who Who am I trying to raise? Um, and you can get both of those things for free by signing up for our uh, newsletter. Um, and that is bit.ly. So b i t . l y slash raising adults podcast.
0: I love that because it's so easy to get overwhelmed at first. You listen to a podcast like this. You're like, yes, yes. I'm all in. What are my values? What are my, and then life is busy. And what do I do? So if you've already done the work for me and laid out a very basic format, okay, now I just w- tackle one little thing at a time.
2: Yeah. And what's great is that, like I said, you get a couple at the beginning and then we kind of leave you alone, but those couple are our three pillars. Nice. and other freebie that comes with it so we yeah. literally do it for you
3: yeah, take a little deeper dive and then you're not trying to focus on something new every four seconds that's the other thing that's nice with the character traits is having only one
1: per month thank you so much ladies this was so much fun i know we could go on and on because uh you're fun
3: <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for letting <laughs> us share with your audience we can double
1: date i think Janet. Yeah, we would probably talk for hours. <laughs> I think so. Maybe a retreat. We need right, a retreat. There we go. <laughs> All right, ladies. Thank you so much for being a part of On Boys. pleasure. Thanks for being with us for On Boys. And if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget Haya Health, those vitamins that are healthy, wholesome, and your kids will love them. They have been kid tested hyahealth.com, use the coupon code ONBOYS, and you'll get 50% off your first order. Again, thanks for being our OnBoys listeners. We love you guys.
0: Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind.